I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I keep getting spammy text messages. I block the numbers, but new ones just keep coming. Isn't there something they can do to block this stuff? Confused? Don't be. Let's help you know a little more about text spam. SMS stands for Simple Messaging Service, meaning it's simple for anyone to message you about anything. They just need your phone number, and sometimes it's a little too simple. Here to help us understand how SMS gets routed, how some shady folks might take advantage of that, and what can be done to stop them is Jake. He has been an administrator for an SMS firewall company, an applications developer, and currently creates pipeline applications for processing SMS and voice calls, so he knows how the innards of all of this works and has been kind enough to sit down and help us understand. Thanks for joining us, Jake. No problem at all. Let's start. Oh, thanks. Uh, Let's start with how messages get sent. Tell us the routing. So for an SMS to be sent from someone to someone else, it's going to use one of two technologies, SS7 or SMPP. SS7 is more prevalent when a SMS is sent with the SS7 technology, it's going to send first an SRI, which is a send routing information, which is actually not much different than a HLR lookup, which you referenced on show 4079 ah, okay. on Friday yeah, about yeah, yeah. Pegasus. Mm-hmm. That's, got, that's kind of like a DNS lookup. Where is this person? You're going to get back from that the location of the person, And then your SMSC is going to send an MT, which is going to include message content and everything from that SMSC to the actual user's device. So that's SS7. So so basically, in that situation, uh, the SRI is, like you said, it's kind of like the DNS. This is where the thing is. And the MT is like the website, right? This is what should be in it. Yes. And SRI is headers only, for example. Uh, MT has content. Got it. An SMPP message is only an MT, and that usually relies on a direct connection to an operator. So you don't need to send an SRI when you're sending using that technology. So you already know where it's going. You don't need to look it up. Exactly. Okay. All right. I understand that one key to understanding all of this is that there's a difference to how a person like me would send an SMS from my phone versus how a business might send it. Uh, you know, if my, my car company wants to remind me my appointment is due or something like that. Yes. To start with, we have two kinds of SMS messages, P2P and A2P. 
P2P is me messaging you. A2P is application to person. It's a business. The most important part for the difference between the two is that a P2P message usually falls under some kind of interconnect agreement. The operators agree to terminate a message uh, for a set fee, usually relatively small, usually. <laughs> and that's where we used used to get, uh, and, and it persevered in the U.S. for a much longer, the, the per-message text message charges. Uh, they've, they've largely figured out other ways to charge us, I guess, and they don't charge us per message, but they still charge each other for them. Yes, they still, they still charge each other a termination fee for the messages. Mm-hmm. A2P doesn't usually fall under these agreements. So an A2P message for a, a, an operator, it can be, depending on the operator, an untapped resource of revenue. They can charge whatever they want to terminate an A2P message. They don't want to charge too much because they'll kill the industry. But if they charge too little, they're not making enough money. So, so the difference between the two is is P to P is is not peer to peer, but per- person to person. Is that it? Exactly. Okay. Exactly. And then, what's the A and A to B? Application. Ah, so so in my car dealership, my car repair shop uh, example, the the car repair shop has an application, and and somebody presses a button and says, "Send reminders to everybody who needs to be reminded to to bring their car in, etc." Exactly. You generally don't find a business with an old 3310 sending messages to everybody. It's going to come from a computer. And and in that case, you are charged, right? Uh, back in the day, the carriers would make money off of P2P and A2P. Now, they make their money less directly, I guess, would be a good way to say it on P2P, but they, they can charge directly for A2P? There are a few outliers where P2P termination costs can be higher uh-huh. than A2P, but they're outliers. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, in general, yes, B2P is cheaper uh, than A2P. And so A2P is where you're you're making a tidy sum, let's say. Uh, and so, uh, like you said, you don't want to charge too much or, or you drive away people from using it altogether and drive them onto WhatsApp or whatever. Uh, but you do charge. Do messages always come right from the business? I mean, is, is my, my car repair shop paying the carrier directly for, for sending their A2P messages? That's where it gets the most interesting in A2P. Most probably not. Mm. Most probably they're sending to a company who offers a service and then it will be delivered to you. That's how they will advertise it. Well, the, 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 the business who sends the messages for your car repair shop, they will advertise, send it to us, and we'll deliver it. And is that because an aggregator like that can get a better rate because they're sending more messages? Is that sort of the idea? For the rate, it depends. Mm. Um, it depends on the countries, and it depends on the volumes, like, you, like, you're, like you're saying. The aggregator may not send direct to the operator. They may not even have a connection to the operator. We have hundreds of operators around the world. Sure. And one aggregator can't always have connections with everyone. So they might have an agreement with another operator to terminate traffic for them in a country. So the reason that, my, my car dealership wouldn't send directly to the operator then is not so much – it could be cost, but it's also – connection it's like uh, the car dealership isn't in the business of, of creating direct connections into an operator's network but the aggregator is 
Exactly. And uh-huh. also, I don't think an operator is interested in managing so many clients just for terminating messages. Some big, big companies, so Google, Facebook, WhatsApp, maybe they, maybe they send enough SMS for it to be worthwhile for an operator to go direct and speak to them and ha- let them have their own connection. But for most businesses, no. Yeah. And, and my car dealership may not be the best example because that's probably a smaller uh, client base. Uh, but, you know, some big company uh, that wants to market to its customers by text message uh, or, you know, sends out a lot of shipping messages, uh, they, they may say, look, we've, we've got a bunch. Uh, we need you to make sure we get to all our customers worldwide, Mr. or Mrs. Aggregator. Uh, and the aggregator may not have all those connections. But then the aggregator has deals with other aggregators to make sure no matter where in the world the customer is, they'll get the text message. Does, do I have that right? You don't really need me. <laughs> well, I did because I don't think I quite understood all of that before. It's very similar to how transit works uh, on, on the Internet. Now, there are also uh, some shadier actors out there uh, who don't want to pay the full freight of of A2P, but do want to charge those companies to carry their messages. And then what do they just like create banks of SIM cards? Is that how that works? It sounds crazy, but yes, hundreds and upon hundreds of SIM cards connected to a computer and their business comes from managing the traffic spread across their SIM cards. Uh, if we take one country, for example, if we take uh, Germany, Germany has many operators. I don't remember the count. A SIM box operator. Mm. They will they will have a bank of SIM cards, perhaps across different operators, and they'll sign up for deals. In Europe, especially, we we have excellent deals mm-hmm. on SIM cards. On top of that, in Europe, we have agreements across networks for terminating SMSs without charging people too much, even though it could be international roaming. So there can be a, there can be a, a cost reduction there, a massive cost reduction. A SIM card with unlimited SMS, even if they try and stay under a set amount, let's say 3,000 messages per month, uh-huh. if, they, if they only pay €4 Euros per month for that plan, they don't have to send them any SMSs to, to, to actually start making a profit. Now that very easy. Uh, I, I could see where that would complicate tracking down text message spam because instead of pointing to a, an aggregator that, that has a very direct connection with the operator, it's coming from what seemed like to the network, I guess, uh, a bunch of personal SIM cards. Exactly. It's, a, it's exceptionally difficult. But there's it depends on the operator you're you're dealing with uh, as to how they they might want to to, to combat that mm-hmm. if if you're dealing if you find spam or or just abuse of a sim card so sending a2p through a sim box if you find that on a network you might tell the operator somebody's doing something shady mm-hmm. and they might cut the sim card off and in fact the, there's some apps even uh, mainly for android uh, that will allow you to sell your SMS plan and let SMSs be terminated through your phone. Oh, wow. But you run the risk then of being cut off. And that seems like it's a never-ending game because as soon as that SMS card or that user gets cut off, then 
somebody swaps in another SMS card or finds another user out there. I hadn't even heard about uh, the idea of of you renting out your own uh, your own phone uh, for this, uh, which makes it even harder to track down. I would expect it. It, it makes it extremely hard to track down. And later on, we can discuss about how they do that because there are, of course, ways, but it makes it incredibly difficult. Well, but yeah, before we, we talk about that, what about uh, aggregators? If it's coming from an aggregator, is it very easy to tell if they're abusing the privilege uh, or can they also hide their behavior? An aggregator... Like a legitimate aggregator, not using a Simbox or anything like that. Well, with a, a legitimate aggregator doing something nefarious. That goes back to the story of Google. Mm-hmm. I think it was in Australia, adding advertisements. Uh, it's nefarious because they've changed the content without permission. At the same time, you could argue it's innovative. They're supplementing costs with advertising, mm-hmm. which is how the internet mostly works. Yeah, this reminds me of, uh, of uh, ISPs back in the day putting ads on web pages through through their DNS, yeah. right? It's a it's the same sort of idea. We don't like it. Mm-hmm. it and I think SMS especially. SMS, one of the biggest things with SMS is somebody's messaging me. We, we understand email spam now. We can disregard it. SMS is, is it's, it's powerful for marketing because they know someone will look at it because an SMS message has to be read. Yeah, it pushes right but, up into your attention. Exactly. But we don't like having our messages changed. Maybe our perception on that will change in the future. Mm-hmm. It depends how plans go and things like that. Now, we hear a lot of things about the relative insecurity of SMS because it doesn't uh, support end-to-end encryption and things like that. But uh, security in SMS can be misleading. Is SMS secure in any way? By modern standards, no. SMS is not secure. It's, it's open, I mean, especially when we consider A2P, mm-hmm. uh, the aggregators that it can go through. Um, it, is, it is also possible that P2P can go through an aggregator. It depends on the, the path that the traffic must take. Some operators may have, for international traffic, they may have a company uh-huh. who is, in effect, an aggregator, and they say to the entire world, if you want to message us, you have to speak to these guys. That's the entry into their network. Mm-hmm. That's is good because they can control one entry point now. But it's from a from a, a general public's point of view, it's bad. You just added somebody else's eyeballs to perhaps my personal message. Like if I'm a I'm a smaller ISP, uh, let's say you know somewhere uh, in East Africa, uh, I can say to an aggregator, I want to be able to receive international messages. I'll hire you to handle them for me. But that means any time you message someone in that country, it's going to go through more than just the operator. It's going to go through this aggregator, which you don't know. Exactly, mm-hmm. and I believe I I will need to look it up because America is uh, quite unique in this regard. But I believe in America, you have uh, a few hubs that deal with messages in this way. And in, uh-huh. in the past, there used to be a big problem with messaging inter- between networks. Because the, even though the operators were big, they just were using aggregators anyway? In America, yes. Uh-huh. They're, they're just to, to solve a problem. Yeah, I need yeah. to connect. And in America, we forget how large geographically America is. You have... A, you have a huge number of users, even in one state, 
uh, in Europe, we can't comprehend the scale mm-hmm. of America sometimes. Sure, sure. And the infrastructure required is huge. So it's easier sometimes to go with a hub. So we don't have security on the text because the text is in clear text. But what about privacy? Privacy is where I think people shouldn't be too concerned. It is correct that anyone can view the message, but networks are extremely good at controlling their their network. So, and especially if you're sending from a Verizon user to a Verizon or AT&T to AT&T, it's not going outside the network. So nobody's got eyeballs on it except for the network. And yes, if they wish, of course, they can read it. But they have usually have very strict controls over who has access to such data and uh, who can view it, anything to change it. For anyone to really be concerned about this, uh, you'd have to have a bad actor inside. Mm. And I think if we go down that rabbit hole, you could have bad actors in any company. Sure. So it sounds to me like the, the biggest concern with SMS privacy is the fact that it's in clear text, uh, just on principle. and and something we haven't talked about, which is the, the the bigger vulnerability, is someone getting your account, which isn't a vulnerability within the SMS network itself. It's it's a vulnerability in account access, which is a separate issue. Yeah, and in the past, people there's been headlines: you should change from using SMS to factor authentication um, because here's a time when somebody managed to do a swim sw- sim swap at the yeah. network. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the network. That's social engineering to try and get them to do something. And in reality, you could socially engineer somebody at Google to give you access to the account as well. Sometimes when you look at the details of SMS or any protocol and you see that ah, it's in clear text, it's terrible. It, it, there's a gut reaction to change. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't use SMS two-factor authentication for most of my tools. Not because I'm scared, just because I use Alfie. Yeah, yeah. And and, and but, I think that's worth the reminder to people that SMS second factor is better than no second factor. Uh, and and a, a 2FA app or a, or a dongle is better than SMS. It's, it's just all a matter of what's available and your convenience versus security calculation, right? Exactly. I think that's the biggest key here is is convenience. Uh, I mean, I think we've all had a, a moment where we've been in the middle of a shopping center or a supermarket. You lose 4G, mm-hmm. you go down to, to to 2G. You you can't use some of the some of your apps. You can't check your bank account to authenticate a transaction. SMS, SMS still has a place. It it, it might be declining in some ways but it still has a place. All right. So what should we do if we're getting unsolicited texts over SMS? Uh, how do we tell what qualifies? What should we look for? First of all, an unsolicited message could come from anyone sure. because our numbers are everywhere. The telltale signs, though, that somebody has perhaps been in the middle of your message before it be from the sender to you changed characters Changing Google with uh, the O's in Google to be zeros is uh, probably things like these are an immediate telltale sign. Um, Extra text at the end can sometimes indicate somebody's been in the middle. Although, uh, just to be clear, don't panic if you see it. Sometimes it could be an aggregator adds that 
because they want to understand what happens with the messages they send. Yeah. Maybe uh -huh. they're very good and they put an ID in there to, to track its life its lifespan through the network. But changed content, things that don't seem like they would have been written by a by an actual human is a telltale sign that somebody's touched your message. And then pretty much complain to your carrier, use their procedures? Uh, should you use third-party apps to block it? What's the best way to go? Third-party apps for blocking are incredibly difficult mm. because a, a message, and in, the, in fact, one thing I, I didn't say about with the sent messages, if a message comes from a normal telephone number, the correct term is E164, mm. but a normal telephone number is a telltale sign that an aggregator or somebody in the middle is is trying to save money somewhere and uh, do something. That's the Simbox giveaway. That it's a it's a normal telephone number. Not one hundred percent of the time, mm -hmm. but most of the time, yes, it's gotcha. a it's a it's a red flag. Uh huh. Um, now, for stopping it, in reality, we the people have have very little opportunity to to stop it. Third party apps may help. Uh, but it becomes then a convenience thing. If you start blocking from unknown numbers or things like that, maybe you won't get your your authentication message you need for to authenticate a bank transfer. The best thing you can do as a user is speak to your operator. I ask them, what do you do to protect the my number and the network from abuse? How do you make sure that nobody reads my messages? What do you have in place? For now, they're not going to know what to answer because the poor person in customer service doesn't have this information. But if enough people start questioning, then operators might start putting this information out there. Yeah. And and many operators have plans to block spam, uh, both on, on voice and, and text. Uh, so, so they may be, you know, happy to hear from you, it, you, you know, not in every case, but you may be tipping them off of, of something or at least providing some contributing information, I would imagine. Yeah, you'd be surprised. Yeah. Sometimes, uh, I mean, an operator can, they, of course, they can see all the traffic uh, and not to scare people about what they look at. Generally, sure. they will, they will try to look at it in volume and uh, analyzing data. They're going to look at it with volumes. They don't necessarily care about your message to your mom saying happy birthday. But if they get 100,000 messages in the space of a few hours that say special offer, download this app, mm -hmm. they're going to see that. Uh, and if you tell them that you got a message, maybe that will be a key to them blocking a particular actor, person, access point into their network. The key is always speak to your operator. They, they have a vested interest in protecting their network from abuse. And depending on their agreements, maybe it'll be the, the, the kick to put it into a boardroom meeting and actually they'll decide to go and install a firewall because not, not every operator has a firewall mm -hmm. and not every operator administers their firewall in an effective way. Now, we should remind people that this is all about SMS. We are going to have an episode of Know a Little More about RCS, if you want to know a little bit about that and what the differences are. None of this applies to non-SMS apps like Telegram or WhatsApp. Those are their own systems. Anything else before we wrap this up that, that you think people should know, Jake? Don't panic about people seeing your messages. Just be cautious. Mm-hmm. 
I think that's always I think that's good advice in general. Don't panic. Be cautious. That's <laughs> yeah, exactly. Words to live by. Uh, Jake, thanks so much. Uh, I, I definitely understand more. And I had already gotten a great email from you explaining a lot of this, but I definitely understand more talking to you about it. I appreciate you helping us out. No problem. It's been a pleasure. Thanks so much for helping us know a little more about text spam. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.